The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, Yankees Week in Review. Listen in throughout the baseball season as we will go over the week that was for the New York Yankees. We'll talk about what went right, what went wrong this week, this day in Yankees history, Yankees birthdays, and predictions of what the Bronx Bombers record will be at the end of the upcoming week. 1420 Yankees Week in Review, the Yankee Tavern North, brought to you by Seeky. So put on your pinstripe, grab a beer, and let's get in. All right, Yankees Week in Review, 1420 style. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to BellyUpSports.com and also to BellyUpFantasy.com. And be sure to check out the uh, Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Show. Vince, uh, hosted by Kevin and Vince over there at Belly Up Sports. Uh, everything you need to know about fantasy fantasy baseball for the upcoming season. Might as well get a handle on it now before it's too late. Get uh, get the get the inside edge from Kevin and Vince over there at Belly Up Fantasy. And thank you to everybody who listens to uh, the other shows we got going on here at 1420 World Headquarters. But for right now, she's known as the Yankee Tavern North. Yankee fans, have the Yankees done enough this offseason to uh, convince you that they're a playoff team or they're not a playoff team or where you might stand? Are you got championship aspirations? Do you just hope that they're a playoff team this year compared to their 82-80 and 80 record where they finished 19 games out of first place last season? Uh, a little blip in the radar, still about 500, but uh, not nearly good enough. I, I'm not, uh, as you know, who the, the people who listen to the 1420 Yankee Week can review, they know I'm a, more of a realistic uh Baseball fan, sports fan, I don't expect a championship season out of my team. I like it year in, year out, but I'm realistic that that doesn't uh, that doesn't necessarily happen. It's been a long time since 2009 is a long, a long, long time ago. And even think about uh, the last time we Derek Jeter played. It's now 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago to this season. So uh, all those uh, the dynasty years, everything else are way behind us. And we have time to build for the Yankees. I almost said we there. It's time for the Yankees to build on uh, and get something new going on there. And I think they're on the right track here. Do I? Do I like this team to be a championship team? I, I don't know about that yet. We'll see how things co- uh, go come spring training and injuries and everything else because a lot has to go right uh, on a daily basis, uh, on a day-to-day basis throughout spring training, throughout the, the regular season, and throughout uh, throughout the playoffs, everything for it to be a championship team. You can you can uh, prognosticate and say what you want and, and hope and pray that your team is going to be uh, the team to finally uh, get over the hump, but it's a lot. A lot of work has to get done. A lot of work, a lot of things have to go right. You have to have a lot of people who uh, didn't, uh, didn't factor into the season. Uh, maybe a trade, a trade here and there, a guy here and there that might uh, might not be even on the radar of the franchise right now, but it might be somebody that you uh, that comes out of nowhere, the trade deadline or something that goes on. And that's with all teams, not just the Yankees. But this is a Yankee centric podcast for today, and so we'll get on the, what I think about this Yankees lineup. What's going to happen going to? I'm a grown up. Don't say gonna, Brent. What's going to happen with the the Yankees uh, this upcoming season? Uh, Aaron Boone was on the uh, on Kevin Rosenthal earlier on this week uh, on his podcast. He was prognosticating what he thought and what hopes that the Yankees lineup was going to be, and he made a couple of comments that kind of caught my earballs when I was listening to it. Uh, that he was hoping that DJ LeMay, he was going to be the leadoff guy. Yeah, you hope and, and dream and everything else, but that DJ could have a bounce back to bounce back year. He's, uh, I think his best days are behind him. I still like DJ in the field a lot, but the days of him hitting over 300 and slashing the ball around the field, I think that uh, 
those days might be behind him. I hope he's got a couple more left in him because the Yankees are in a spot right now where they really got to take advantage of the team that they have this year, acquiring Juan Soto, uh, the big acquisition they got because who knows how long they're going to have him and then how many more years do they have at uh, peak Aaron Judge and peak um, – peak uh, Garrett Cole. So you got to think that this year, the, having your leadoff guy getting on base on a consistent basis, uh, maybe going back to the old days when you, you wanted your leadoff guy to just get on base and the like and not strike out and, and all that. So for, for this team to uh, be successful, I think that DJ's got to be that guy at the top of the order. And if Boone says he hopes the guy is going to have a comeback here, I don't know just the way he worded that, if he has the utmost in faith of uh, DJ LeMayhew being that guy, like when you just say hope, you're just hoping. You're not saying he's going to, and that's one of those things you got to look at. That then he said that you're probably going to have Soto, Juan Soto, a big acquisition from the uh, the San Diego Padres this year, free agent after this season, uh, gets on base a ton, more walks per per uh, per season than a lot of guys throughout baseball. He's got a great eye at the plate, and he hits the ball all over the place. And uh, he's going to be. A, I think he's going to uh, really, really benefit from that short porch out there in in right field at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. I think Soto's the guy that's going to have himself a, a, a better season because of that of this trade than the guys hitting behind him. Yes, Judge hitting behind him is going to probably benefit because you're, you're going to have a couple of guys get on base if, and all of a sudden two guys are on and all of a sudden Judge is up to bat. He, he Will he see the pitches? Because the guy hitting behind him, what they're, they're thinking about Stanton be hitting behind him. I don't know Stanton's the guy. Uh, I, I don't have much faith in Stanton. I haven't had much faith in him since they, they acquired him. People who listen to the 1420 podcast and with me and Jim at the fan of the van, we're not, we're not big uh, Stanton guys. And so uh, he's got to have a big a big season season this year uh, and he's got to get off off to the uh, off to a great start because I think that the I think there's going to be a very tight tight uh, leash on John Carlos Stanton on, on his at-bats and how things are going to go uh, because if he gets off to a poor start he's going to be uh, they're going to pitch they're, they're not going to pitch to Judge they're not going to pitch to Soto and he's going to really affect the things that happened before and after him in that lineup because he's uh, he was almost an automatic out at times last season and not, not at times a lot of last season so if he has a 199 batting average when Jason Dominguez comes off the uh, the IL uh, which hear me out on this one when Domingo comes back off the IL and not able to uh, to uh, to hit or to throw, you can still put him as, as a DH because Stanton's only going to be a DH this year. He won't even have to have a glove a la Edgar Martinez kind of deal back with the Mariners back in the 90s. You're going to see, I think you'll see Dominguez getting a chance to uh, to maybe jump into that lineup as a DH, kind of like Bryce Harper did a few years back uh, with the Phillies when he, he when he was done and say, okay, you're a DH for the rest of this year until you can start throwing, then we'll put you in the outfield or wherever it might be. So I think you're going to see a very short leash on on uh, on Giancarlo Stanton this year, at least I hope so, because he's really going to affect what happens with that that entire lineup and getting getting games off to a good start. So you don't want to fall behind early, uh, like they they have tend they tend to do with Garrett Cole for some reason. He was better this past season, but Cole's one of those guys that uh, doesn't mind giving up the odd the odd. Uh, first inning home run now and then. So it's one of those things you really hope that Stanton can be that guy to get to get some at-bats and 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 get some quality at-bats and having a situation where he's going to be a uh, be a, a, an effective guy in that lineup at the DH position. A guy that I'm really interested in that's coming back this year, and apparently uh, for all signs are pointing that he's, his uh, concussion problems are behind him and he's got a situation there where you're going to see him uh, – Getting a lot of at bats early, being in spring training early, and and proving that his, that his uh, his coconut's okay. And you you worry about those those kind of things uh, with when it comes to brain injuries because the, the stuff that we know now that we didn't know uh, 15, 20 years ago. You hope that uh, Rizzo is a hundred percent cleared to go because the Yankees didn't handle that situation very well last season after his situation he had 
uh, his injury that he acquired playing those San, San Diego Padres. And you just hope that uh, that uh, Anthony Rizzo is going to have a a good a bounce back season health wise. Because I think the guy's an effective uh, an effective bat, the bat from the left side and everything else, and his defense at first base uh, can't be forgotten about. Because I think he's a he's a upper echelon fielder at first base uh is he a top tier guy i think he is i think he's one of the best in baseball and that's just not my yankee my yankee bias speaking there but i think you're going to have a, a a guy with, with uh, has something to prove something to get off to a, a great start and say okay yeah i'm ready to go and uh, we're going to uh, get this team to win a championship and it'll be his second of his career if the yankees can somehow pull that off then you, you move on to glaber torres a lot of people are talking about Torres being because his contract is up this season. Are they going to uh, trade trade Gliber for some prospects? They don't want they don't want they don't want to lose him. But I think with Gliber Torres, what you're going to have with him is you're going to see a guy uh, another a really good season. I think you're going to see a guy that's going to be able to to uh, to put a lot bat to ball a lot. You're going to see a lot of situations because you have a, a pretty good good hitter in Verdugo behind him, so he's going to see some pitches to hit as well. So I think that you're going to see Gliber stick around and be a, a major factor. I wouldn't mind seeing Gliber move up in the lineup because he had such a great year last year. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him move up in a lot in, in the in the uh, he doesn't run very well, but you, you, I wouldn't mind seeing him being a leadoff guy. Uh, I, I think he's the kind of guy I'd lead off more than DJ would be personally. Uh, I think you want to get to DJ back a little bit in that lineup and not give him a chance to fail and then get it between his between his own ears and everything else because uh, I think Gliber is hot. He's got something to prove this year, and you, you get a lot of guys in their contract years, and everybody knows this guys like getting paid. So you, you put Gliber at the top of that lineup, he can be, get, get some production numbers, uh, get on base, do his job, and uh, he's going to, to do have a season for the New York Yankees. I don't see them trading him. I think they're going to sign, sign him long-term personally because they have that window. Like I said, they want to utilize – Rizzo, they, they they want to utilize Judge, they want to utilize uh, Garrett Cole and everything else, and Soto. They want to utilize these guys to get onto a championship kind of a season. And Gliber Torres are not many guys better at second base in, in the major leagues. So why you would even consider getting rid of this guy early is a bit of a mystery. If the Yankees stumble uh, and get off to the kind of a season like they had last year, you might see Gliber Torres getting uh, dealt uh, uh, before the, the or around the trade deadline. But I think right now the Yankees are they're. They're pretty much stuck with, not stuck with. They're happy with the situation at second base with Gliber Torres and the way, and the way it goes. Now, the other, the guy that's going to be interesting for me, actually, there's two guys going to be interesting for me this year with the New York Yankees as I tune in, watching the games on a daily basis over there at, on the Yes Network or or uh, Picks Eleven or whatever it might be, or even when they're playing. Because uh, I have, you can't watch. We've talked about that a thousand times. How we get blackouts. We have we have to watch the, the Jays telecast when the Yankees are playing the Jays because of Canada and everything else. But we won't get to bore you guys with those little little tidbits of information. But the one guy that's interesting for me, and I was uh, a bit of against this this uh, this uh, pickup and this acquisition was Alex Verdugo. And there's another one we'll get to with Marcus Stroman later on. But with Alex Verdugo, I just uh, there's something about the guy that's always rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm not a big Verdugo guy. The chains and the beard. Yeah, he shaved his beard and everything else, but he just looks like that kind of guy that I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't really enjoy having a beer with and sitting down and uh, BSing about anything with. I just don't. He's not that kind of a guy for me. But I'll put my uh, my personal bias. He might be the nicest guy ever. Who knows? I have no idea. 
but it's just one of those things where like, it looks like a duck and acts like a duck. It's probably a duck. Uh, that's what I see with Verdugo. So I'm going to have to put that behind me a little bit and see how his season goes and see how he gets off to. I might, I might be uh, singing some different praises come June with Verdugo, but he's got to, he has to really win me over. It's one of those things that he, he's uh, kind of one of those guys you don't like. And uh, you, you have to learn to like him what is for, for me. So I hope that Verdugo uh, gets off to a good season. I can put that, uh, that, uh, that the personal bias behind me. Cause as you get older, you shouldn't really care what a person does and doesn't do off the field because i talked about earlier on today like you can't put these guys on too big of a pedestal like you're there to watch a game be entertained and see you later but verdugo he's one of those guys that i i hope uh, does well and then maybe i'll start to like him a little bit more as a human being like i said i don't know the guy i never talked to him he just has that look i didn't really care for the guy but i hope he has a good good season and full piece and like what gonna be hitting eighth in the lineup you just wonder uh, if he's going to have as good a season he did, as he did last year. His bat was solid. And the, the, the sophomore slump is a is an actual thing. It's happened over and over because there's there's some surprises now. But surprises are pretty much few and far between with the way analytics analytics work throughout baseball. And you just uh, you hope that he can have a as good a season as last year. If he, if he matches his numbers that he had last season, I think that's a success for the Yankees. I don't think if he if he if he obviously goes up above and beyond what he had last season, it's even better. But if he just stays up par for the course doesn't go into a, that sophomore slump. I think the Yankees will be really, really happy with the decision that they made last year, sticking with with uh, Anthony Volpe on bullpening day and, and going going that route. I don't think it's a bad thing if as long as he can stay the status quo. And then that catcher, they're going to have Austin Wells, who didn't have a great uh, time with the Yankees last year when he got brought up from the minor leagues. He wasn't great, but any, anything you get out of your your pitch uh, out of your catcher position, because uh, Higashi Yoko, the longest serving the tenured Yankee, he's he got to dealt in the uh, the Soto trade. Uh, he was uh, he he put some good good at bats together and everything else, but whatever you can get out of that catcher's position uh, is only is everything is it's just a bonus for what the Yankees going to do. So that's where they stand uh, going through the opening opening day lineup as it sits right now. But everything's got to go right for your for your team to have any kind of success. Things have to go properly, and every team feels the same way. Like something like it doesn't take much for a team to go sideways, an injury here, an injury there, a slump, and and everything else, and you know, some p- pitching problems like they had last year. It won't it won't be long before we're we're worried about the, the Yankees pitching prospects and not prospects, but how the, the staff is going. Because no matter what, that's what it, uh, it didn't take long last season before we were like, Oh Jesus, Rodon wasn't going. Uh, you didn't have Nestor Cortez as good, as good as he was the year before. So I'm a little bit concerned with that. Uh, the one ter- the, the, I was going to touch on this in a couple weeks ago when it happened was Marcus Stroman uh, getting picked up by the Yankees on a, I wouldn't say a team friendly deal because they're kind of panicking a little bit. And me and Jim were talking about it when uh, earlier on in the, uh, in the fall there, when the uh, Yankee season was done, um, that they're going to have to overpay. And I think they may have overpaid a little bit with a guy like Marcus Stroman, who the Yankees, to a, a man in, in their uh, front office, didn't want Stroman around when he was he was pining to come to the Yankees a couple of years back. And they said there wasn't any room for him in the rotation. Stroman had a really good year last season. And there was a point that I thought he was going to get traded uh, at the deadline last year from the Cubs and be a, a strong a strong pickup maybe for a team like the Baltimore Orioles getting into their playoff run, but didn't happen. And he got, was a free agent. He just signed with the Yankees. And his attitude leads a little bit to be desired. And that, and that that comes right from John Gibbons. I uh, listened to Overdrive a few months ago, the TSN guys. And they had Gibbons on talking about Stroman, how he's become a little bit too uh, – too big in his for his britches, and uh, he's not really the most uh, liked person in the clubhouse anymore. He's kind of got gone to a different level of uh, stardom in his own head. Uh, when he comes to the Yankees, I think he's going to know that he's not the the big dog there by any means. He's probably fourth or fifth down the uh, 
the pecking order of what's going to happen and who's going to be asked questions and everything else. And he's just there to, to, to pitch every, every fifth day and that's it. And I think he's going to learn that re- really quick and, and uh, that, that, that he's just a pitcher there and he's not, 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 not going to be trying to be anybody else. He's not, not, not there to promote his brand. He's there on a, on a couple of what the two, two, three year deal. And it's just, okay, here, here it is. You're, you're pitching uh, Garrett Cole's our guy. Judges the guy, Soto's the guy this year, and hopefully they can get get something done with him as well. But you just, you, you, I, I don't know how much I like the Stroman thing because he seems like he'd be the kind of guy that can uh, divide a clubhouse pretty pretty quickly. He doesn't get a lot of, uh, he wasn't getting a lot of interest from other teams. He ended up, he ended up with the Yankees and got a bit of an overpayment, like we talked about. But it's just one of those things. I don't know how much I'm going to like him with Verdugo. Those two guys are they going to be the kind of guys that might. Uh, divided clubhouse because those guys seem to be very polarizing not, not those guys those type of guys seem to be very polarizing for some reason in in professional sports in in clubhouses throughout sports where they, they, you know they they talk behind people's backs and they get groups and clicks and things going and it seems like Stroman and Verdugo are those those type of guys do you remember a few weeks back I talked about when Verdugo was with the uh, the Dodgers they basically uh uh Clayton Kershaw went to Dodgers brass and said, get rid of this guy, get him out of our clubhouse. He's a pain in the ass and he's basically a, a piece of garbage. So let's get rid of this guy. And that's what happened. Uh, but Verdugo, I think he's already been told like, you know what, this isn't your clubhouse. This isn't how, this is, this is the Yankee way. This is how we're doing things. And the, the, the Red Sox fans, they're more than happy to see Verdugo go and uh, not stick around. So uh, I'm a little bit worried about what those guys bring to a clubhouse. It seems to be pretty tight with Rizzo coming back. Um, they seem to have something on, on the right page. Are they a championship team? I'm not exactly sure. Do I hope they're a championship team? 100%. And do I have do I have uh, my my hesitations on one hundred percent? You got to stay healthy, but every team has to stay healthy. But you got you got to have the pitching staff going forward. And I, I don't know if they do yet. Uh, I don't want to put the uh, close the book on on Carlos Rodon on uh, the twenty the twenty eighth of January two thousand twenty four before the proverbial pitchers and catchers report in just over two weeks and spring training games start in just over three weeks. So you don't want to put the nail in the coffin already. But I I I have my worries about Rodon and his health, and I have my worries about Cortez going forward. And I'm not I haven't I haven't done a lot of reading. Like, is is uh, is Domingo Herman has he gone away from the team for good night? I, I'm fairly certain he is after his uh, problems with alcohol and everything else is going on with uh, with that man because the most uncelebrated uh, perfect game in baseball history was the one pitched by uh, by uh, Domingo Herman last season. It's kind of weird how that just kind of just went away. Uh, personal problems, everything else. People don't want that around. So you got to get rid of those, those catches in the clubhouse. But you get guys like Rizzo, a good clubhouse guy. You get him back healthy and hopefully he can stick around all season long and hopefully his health problems are way behind him it's going to be a tough slog are they a championship team because i i I think that like i think that they've done more um than any other team which isn't saying much considered like this is i'm just talking the in the american league east because the the jays really haven't done anything they lost chapman they're hoping i think that their their big acquisition is just hoping that uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. has a better season. That's all they're really hoping for there. So that, that's their big acquisition is hoping and praying is one of, is one of those things. And because the, the Baltimore Orioles didn't do a whole bunch, but they, you know, it, that's 18 game difference is a lot to make up in one season. And I don't think that was an epiphany with the, that team being that good. Will they take a slide back from, from their 99 wins where they had last year? Probably, but uh, 18 games, a lot to make up for the Yankees. I don't think the uh, the war of their acquisition is going to add up to that. Soto is going to help a lot. I understand that, but 
Soto's only going to help out as much as uh, as Giancarlo Stanton's going to going to improve, right? The way that's all going to turn out. So uh, it, it, the baseball lineup's a funny thing to watch because it's a this guy has to hit and that guy's got to get on base and then on and on it goes. But when you have automatic automatic outs like they had somewhere in places in the lineup last year, especially with uh, with Giancarlo Stanton, you, you worry about that a lot. And can, can the pitching staff uh, get get to the bullpen, which was still really really good last year? So you just hope that it is that that, that way with the Yankees next year, uh, the season coming up. And uh, I think they'll be okay. I, I I don't know if they're a World Series team, but we'll see. And you'll see what they can do, what their their pitching staff might do and everything else. It's it's going to be tough. Like I said, eight, 18, 18 wins is a lot to make up in, in one season. Can it be done? Yes. Have they done it before? Has, has the team done it before? 100%. You look at what the, just the Baltimore Orioles did with, with their, their win improvement last year. The Yankees are improved more than anybody else in the American League East than, 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 than who knows what Tampa's doing, but Tampa's Tampa. Tampa will be okay no matter what in the American League East. They, they somehow work, work it all out, and they they figure it out, and they get wins. Will Toronto be better? As long as Vladdy's better, they're going to be better. It's just, and that's one of those things. But you can't, you can't, uh, you can't hope that people just could come out of that. Uh, is their pitching staff any better? Uh, who knows? Is Manoa coming back? Probably not. Um, yeah, and then you, you have the Boston Red Sox, who are just the Red Sox. I don't think they've improved themselves uh, a lot as much as uh, some of the Red Sox faithful out of Fenway Park at Hope. So the Yankees have improved. They're a better ball team than they were last year. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Uh, get back to some social media uh, at underscore 1420, and then our, on our Facebook account, 1420sports. And then email me if you want to just email me, and we can talk about it, 1420sports at gmail.com. Uh, Calm today and we'll talk to you remember hey subscribe to our youtube channel and everything else we got a lot going on there but there, there's the uh, there's my thoughts on the yankees lineup i'm sure it'll change 48 times before the season starts and by, by the time we get to uh this opening day and then to uh to the all-star break and then the end of the season hopefully it's a successful one and i'm not to complain with jim at the fan of the van about the exact same thing that happened again is this team good enough is, is uh, how, how safe is is uh, is Boone? We'll talk about that next week, where where we think this team's going to be uh, by the time the All Star break comes around. If Boone hasn't uh, pr- produced a winner, because I think the lineup is there for him to be better. Uh, it's only a matter of it all getting all pieced together. It's only your lineup's only as good as your, as the guy's hitting, right? If you hit a guy, if a guy's hitting three twenty up and down a lineup, you're going to be okay. But all of a sudden, a hit here, a hit here, a hit here, hit there. The way math works. All of a sudden, the guy's hitting 280. It's a big difference, right? So it's a it's an interesting to see how it goes. The, the season's going to be an exciting one. Uh, I'm I'm expecting a better than 82 and 80 record. I'm thinking about 90 and 72 is kind of what I'm hoping. So that should get you in the playoffs. 92 wins will get you in for sure. But that's a 12-game improvement, and that's a lot. That's a lot going on. It's only a matter of time before. Uh, and my, the biggest question is is how long for me like how long does uh, stanton stick around this yankees lineup or, be, or until he sits on the bench or he actually asked for a trade considering what um, what cashman said last uh just when the offseason first started about how he didn't produce so like there might be a short leash both sides with stanton like he might just get sick of it if he doesn't play and say you know what I- i'm out trade me and that might be a blessing who knows but anyways 1420 sports bar podcast and the yankee week review is brought to you by seatgeek.com the seatgeek app use promo code 1420pod at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase over there at SeatGeek. And here's a little word from our friends over there at SeatGeek. SeatGeek presents Boomstick Lady. SeatGeek helps her find the perfect seat so she can sit where her boomsticks make the biggest boom. Oh, okay. SeatGeek handles the tickets so fans can fan. All right, thanks to our friends over there at SeatGeek for sponsoring the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. The Yankee Week we can Review at 1420 in the morning and all the all the different endeavors we have going on here. Make sure you also subscribe to our YouTube channel today, just like that little guy saying there. Hit the button, subscribe, like, and uh, hit the little bell for all the notifications. Don't you know that uh, 
we're out there to talk about all things sports. Uh, anyways, let's uh, let's get to Yankees' birthday. Get you guys out of here for the day. Happy 47th birthday to former New York Yankee Lyle Overbay, born on this day in 1977 in Centralia, Washington. Overbay was drafted in the 18th round of the 1999 draft by the Arizona Diamondbacks out of University of Nevada, Rito, and played 14 seasons in the big leagues, including the 2013 season where he played for the Yankees after signing as a free agent at the end of spring training after being released by the Boston Red Sox in his one season with the Yankees. Overbay hit 240 with 14 home runs and 59 RBIs while appearing in 142 games on a Yankee team that finished 85 and 77 on the season in what was Yankees legend reliever Mariano Rivera last season in the big leagues. That's the first year, 2013 was the first year I went to uh, to a Yankee game at in the Bronx, so I kind of remember that very well. Uh, probably saw Overbay play a couple of times because I was there for a Red Sox. Uh, series in September of that season, right before Mariano, the great Mariano River retired. So happy birthday to uh, former New York Yankee, Lyle Overbay. Uh, it's funny when you go through these, uh, you try to find a Yankee for my, especially for these uh, these Yankee Week review. And Lyle Overbay was the, uh, it's getting down to the, uh, the nitty gritty when Lyle Overbay's your guy. But I found some great highlights there. If you didn't watch on YouTube, make sure you, you do and go and check out those videos that we put out here from 1420 World Headquarters, otherwise known as the Yankee Tavern North. Thank you very much for listening to the show today. We appreciate to everybody that does on a daily basis. Uh, go Yankees. And remember, everybody, smart people, but have yourself a day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky is the official jerky of Belly Up Sports. For over a decade, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky has led the American meat snack revolution by concocting delicious, adventurous, U.S. source jerky recipes for uncompromising carnivores across the country. With 15 different flavors to choose from, Righteous Felon has all jerky lovers covered, and by using promo code BELLYUP, you will get 15% off your purchase at RighteousFelon.com. Do your taste buds a favor today and rip into a bag of Righteous Felon Jerky.